Israek viem. Kie Jesu domine, Dora e Israek viem. Kie Jesu domine, on basements and lizards. So Gabe, talking about clerics this week. Indeed, we are the <laughs> our holy boys. Mm -hmm. So I guess let's just get right into it and figure out. So what is the cleric? Um, well, the cleric is a our first divine spellcaster. Uh, they are well, not including the paladin, um, full caster, I guess. Um, but they are they get their power directly from their worship of their god. They're your typical priests. Um, they're, you know, they hold their symbol and they call down the power of their their deity to aid them, aid their friends, hinder their enemies, um, or just, you know, call down absolutely massive attacks uh, that'll ruin your day. Yeah, I think that, that sums it up pretty <laughs> well. Uh they're pretty Clerics are holy like they're they're spellcasters of death and destruction called upon by their gods yeah they're pretty self-explanatory like compared to the other stuff that we we've talked about they're like yeah a cleric just is a priest <laughs> like like mm -hmm. and and interestingly enough like while that is true there also you can have many different ways to have a cleric and like there's multiple different facets to them which is interesting mm -hmm. yeah so i guess without further ado um starting off when creating a cleric you have a hit dice of 1d8 but then yeah so you know usual it's it's sort of the average for classes uh, proficiencies you're proficient in light armor medium armor and shields all simple weapons and saving throw proficiencies in wisdom and charisma and you get to choose two skills to be proficient in, choosing from history, insight, medicine, persuasion, and religion. Then your starting equipment that you have the choice of is a mace or a warhammer, if you're proficient with it. We'll get more into that in a second. Well, later. Uh, you could choose scale mail, leather armor, or chain mail if you're proficient in it. Uh, you could choose a light crossbow with 20 bolts or any simple weapon. And then you can choose a priest pack or an explorer's pack, and you also get a shield and a holy symbol. Nice. You're kitted out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, you've got everything that you need right off the bat. Yes. And the holy symbol acts as your um your spellcasting focus, just FYI. Mm-hmm. Um. And speaking of spellcasting, I guess, but so off like. Off mic, we sort of talked a little bit about what we want to do with this, uh, doing sort of uh, maybe three spell suggestions for what people might like. Mm -hmm. 
So, yeah, my starting right off the bat, a my cleric is a full caster, so they get spells at level one. They get cantrips, my, and they are wisdom based casters. Correct. They and they also they uh, have the ability to prepare their spells, which um, the, to find out how many you can prepare each day is your wisdom modifier plus your cleric level. Um, and mm -hmm. basically, you get you you don't have to have a book or anything. You just get access to the entire spell list every single day. You can just switch it out, out all your your spells, which is mm -hmm. great. Like it's very nice. Yeah, uh, something that could be kind of fun to do when you're uh, when you're casting spells is think about how you are casting them. Since you're a cleric, my uh, Often what I like to think of is that you are casting through prayers. Your spells are just prayers to your god to summon certain effects. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Uh, a great way to think about it. Mm -hmm. So I guess, do you have any like basic spell recommendations that you might give to someone trying to play cleric for the first time? Um. Obviously you want to take, like, you want to get your, like, healing of spells, like your cure wounds and stuff like that. Um, but I would, uh, those are, I think those are staples. I, I mean, if you're really trying to go for a different type of cleric, you, you can be fine without taking those, but, um, mm -hmm. probably, probably need to. <laughs> um, but other than that, I think your, uh, good options are at first level taking like something like guiding bolt or inflict wounds, uh, will mm -hmm. just for, for an absolute absurd amount of damage for the level. Like I, it, it, those first level spells will just kill kill most things that you come into count in contact with. Their attacks, so you know you have that. It's like that hit or miss. It might, it might not actually end up, you know, hitting, and you might just waste it. But when it hits, it's gonna be brutal. It's gonna hurt. Yeah. Um. At second level, I yeah, uh, I am a big fan of, of wording bond. Uh, because if you're playing a cleric with a pretty beefy hit points, um, this is a great spell. If you listen to our Paladin episode, I talk about because Oath of the Crown gets it. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, Warding Bond, where you just get to give your ally resistance to all damage, but you're taking half of it. It's a good way to, if you're being in the back, you can put this on one of your fighters or whatever. And um, that basically when you're sitting in the back, it adds your HP pool to the mix. You're not, you know, you're, mm -hmm. that resource that you have is still being used, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. And then third level, I have to go with uh, uh, Spirit Guardians. <laughs> it's a it's an obvious choice. People talk about it a lot, but there's a reason. It's very, it's very cool. It's very fun to use. Just having... <laughs> a 15 foot sphere of around you of just you know like they can't have a hard time creatures have a hard time leaving they're going to take taking uh what is it 3d8 uh every single turn pretty much and just and that just eats through mobs like of stuff just no problem i think i went um i used the spell when i was playing my paladin and i went against like I went. I went one. I'm sure, there uh, were twelve of them. Yeah, there was twelve different Swagin that I went up against by myself, and with this spell, I managed to come out alive. 
which was it felt awesome. Mm-hmm. So highly recommend this spell. What about you, Ryan? Yeah, I mean that that mostly covers what I was going to talk about. My maybe some different first level spells as well. I kind of like command, just because it's like you are an emissary of your god. I feel like it it just feels fitting to me that you're able to sort of command for people to do something. Yeah, and whether it's like. like Rub out of, like they do it out of like they think of it out of respect for you or out of fear of you yeah i um second level spells i'm a big fan of my spiritual weapon just because it's like it's something else to do with your bonus action it's not concentration really good spell my especially good for those clerics who like to stand in the back but still want to have something up front dealing damage yeah and then third level spells. Um, see, I had one in mind. I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh yeah, my beacon of hope for if you are one of those clerics who wants to be up front, since you're giving your friends my advantage on wisdom saving throws and death saving throws, and for all healing done within the area of beacon of hope, my you're able to just like max out the healing for them, which is great because. I don't know if we've discussed it discussed it on the show before, but healing in the game is by intentionally less efficient than damage. Um, using the same the same spell slot scaling that you'll ever get for healing is going to be just significantly less for what you can just, you could have used that spell slot for damage, which I think is an interesting mm-hmm. thing to say about that says about the world. Uh, it makes sense. You're gonna put a lot of effort into mm-hmm. bandaging up that bullet hole or whatever way more than it took to just pull the trigger yep so yeah i, th- I think yeah. that's our spells <laughs> mm-hmm. that that's our thoughts on spell casting uh, then gabe what else do we get at level one? Oh, right away at level one you're gonna get your divine domain um you get to choose one domain related to your deity there is knowledge life light nature tempest trickery war that we also see that that's from the PHB. We also see from the uh, Dungeon Master's Guide, the Death Domain, and from the Xanathar's Guide to Everything, we see Forge Domain and Grave Domain. So there's a lot of them. So we, we got a we got a lot to choose from. There's a lot of flavors of cleric you can play. Yeah, there is a lot. <laughs> um, and uh, you get right away. You also get access to their domain spells which is basically each domain has a list of, of special spells that might not even be on the cleric spell list. Um, once you gain the domain spell, you always have it prepared and it doesn't come against just the number of spells you prepare a day. So you basically get these freebies that you always know. And they're usually mm-hmm. pretty good picks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about at level two? Yep, at level two, my, you get channel divinity. Uh, level 2, you gain the ability to channel divine energy directly from your deity, using that energy to fuel magical effects. Uh, you start with two such effects, turn undead, and an effect determined by your domain. Uh, yeah, some, some domains grant you additional effects as you advance into further levels. Uh, when you use channel divinity, choose which effect you want to create, then you must finish a short or long rest before you can use your channel divinity again. Uh, Channel Divinity has a lot of different effects that you're going to be able to do. Uh, usually it involves them doing some, like the enemy doing some sort of save against your spell DC. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Uh, 
but at 6th level and at 18th level you can use it more and more. Basically you can use it twice at 6th level before needing to rest and three times at 18th level before you need to rest. Yeah, this is going to be... The Channel Divinity is almost always going to be very powerful. It's going to be like... it's like You're not going to have, be able to use it hardly ever. <laughs> Just be like, yep, that, mm-hmm. that, was my, that was my big moment. And if it doesn't go off... Ooh, you're kind of... You're out of luck. Yep. So what's the sort of... What's the staple channel divinity that everyone gets? We get a turn undead as an action to present your holy symbol and speak a prayer censoring the undead. Um, each undead that can hear or see you within 30 feet must make a wisdom saving throw. If that creature fails at saving throw, it is turned for one minute or until it takes any damage. Um, uh, a turned creature must spend its turn turns trying to move as far away from possible you said it can't it can't willingly move to a space within 30 feet of you uh it also can't take reactions for example for its action it can only use the dash act dash action or try to escape from an effect that prevents it from moving if there's nothing nowhere to move the creature can use the dodge action um basically it's like a fear of specifically against undead it's like a fear effect turned you know up to 11. mm-hmm it's like, oh yeah, they they can't move closer to you, and they're also actively they actively have to flee you, and they they can't take reactions, and all this stuff. Um, basically, mm-hmm. yeah, it's. But it, it, it the the only thing is like once it takes damage, it's it goes away, which. Mm-hmm. Which is still fine. You just get those guys out of the fight for a little bit, and you can take care of what you needed, what the ones that didn't fail it, or that or that made it. Um, mm-hmm. it's if you're it's one of those things like if you're fighting undead this will be will make the cleric a nightmare to, to deal with us on the dam side um but if you're not yeah you know it's just sort of there yeah but mm-hmm. yeah um we did see this used very well uh, back in a campaign we did last summer when we were fighting the necromancer uh like when we were fighting the necromancer in the bottom of the cave such like yeah if you're facing undead it's going to make your job so much easier since like if you if you don't get all of them fine you just have there's still less actions trying to kill you and if you do affect all the undead then you could just go around and pick them off one by one having the entire party gang up against single undead each each round and after turn undead, we get the usual ASI at 4th level, 8th level, 12th, 16th, and 19th level. Uh, so, uh, this cleric feats, I guess, sort of what we tend to use this spot for. Uh, what kind of feats would you would you consider to recommend for a cleric? I think Warcaster is a big one. Um, mm-hmm. More so than like your other casters and stuff like that. But because... It, cleric is a, has the full caster, and then when you get to like the other the domains and stuff like that, a lot of them will have uh, capabilities to like change the cleric from just a caster to like somebody who can actually participate in combat, like in in uh, melee combat meaningfully. Yeah. Um. So I think like that obviously like you know being able to keep your concentration, uh, uh much easier being able to cast this. Cast the spell as a reaction instead of an opportune attack. I could give or take. I could take it that or leave it. Um, 
but and being able to not have to uh you can hold your sh- shield and your weapon at the same time without having to mm-hmm. you know you don't have to worry about it probably it's a good yeah it's a good thing to have that's the only thing mm-hmm. i can really think of what about do you have any other ones yeah to be honest warcasters sort of it which is probably probably a good thing just yeah. because then you can use the rest of those asi improvements for buffing your wisdom so your spell deceives through the roof so that you can buff your strength so if you are up front you are still beating the crap out of everything mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely Warcaster. yeah definitely cleric is definitely not a feet heavy class so you'll be fine with even if you don't take Warcaster, I think you'll be all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. All right. And what do we what do we get at fifth level? Fifth level, you get Destroy Undead, um, which is basically an upgrade to your Turn Undead feature. So, um, when a creature fails, when an undead fails your saving throw against the Turn Undead, the creature is instantly destroyed if it has a challenge rating um, at or below a certain threshold, as shown by the Destroy Undead table, which is basically translate to at fifth level uh cr one half or lower are destroyed eighth is one or lower 11th level is two or lower 14th is three or lower 17th is four or lower so if you're at the 17th level cleric and you use your channel divinity to turn undead they are cr four four or lower that's like any zombies any skeletons like even some like like higher level like maybe some ghosts and ghouls and whatnot they just they fail they're just gone (laughs) which is mm-hmm. very, like, effective because you, a lot of times you see undead, they're just hordes. They're not really, they're not really, like... You're not going to be facing a crap ton of high CR undead at a time. Yeah. It's mostly just going to be, yeah, here is 30 zombies. Here is, you know, something like that. Yeah, you just walk into the middle and just pop, and then they're all gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is, I can see that being a nightmare for some DMs, uh, but mm-hmm. you know, very simple ability, very effective. It's something, yeah. I would say, definitely, it is very. I feel like it would be very fun to to use this ability. I've I've never played a cleric, but um, I think like being able to just waltz into like a room full of undead is just be like, yeah, uh, I just evaporate all of these guys. <laughs> like it. Mm-hmm. It's just such a cool move. Just like, yeah, they can't can't even touch me. Uh, I sort of think, like, I'm thinking about uh, in The Hobbit, as the dwarves are all running around trying not to get eaten by the trolls, like, Gandalf comes and breaks the rock, shouting that Dawn will well, take you all. Just bright light flooding the area, turning everything to stone. That's good, that's good imagery Gandalf's for that. a wizard, but, yeah, it's still, like, that's still cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but what do we get? What's our last cleric feature? Which is weird because we're we that was just our fifth level feature. Yeah, uh, our last cleric feature for all clerics we get at level ten, which is probably one of the coolest features that you can get and is absolutely worthy of being called a capstone. Mm-hmm. Divine intervention at level ten, you can call upon your deity to intervene on your behalf when your need is great. Imploring your deity, imploring your deity's aid requires you to use your action. Uh, to describe the assistance you seek and roll percentile die, so roll a d100. Uh, 
If you roll a number equal to or lower than your cleric level, your deity intervenes. The DM chooses the nature of the intervention. The effect of any cleric spell or domain spell would be appropriate. If your deity intervenes, uh, you cannot use this feature again for seven days. Otherwise, you can use it after finishing a long rest. At 20th level, you can call for intervention you can call for intervention your call for intervention succeeds automatically no role required yeah that's where definitely like the capstone comes in it's like yeah you can just call down your god for mm-hmm. for a little bit um yeah yeah for one thing i would like to say is like i think when you do this it is worth it to like think of something cool like make this something very cool like that changes the tide of battle especially if you're like they rolled for it mm-hmm. if you're like a 12th level cleric and you rolled if you rolled under your level rolled and stuff like or that something in in like because they use their action for that they they had a big payoff they don't know know if it's going to work that should turn the tide of any battle um and mm-hmm. the, it says it says in there like any cleric spell or domain spell would be appropriate it's like okay you just called down your god and they're going to use it give you a, a third level you know guiding bolt or whatever it's like okay thanks thanks god <laughs> that's really mm-hmm. like i could have just done i could have just used my action and done that <laughs> um but like yeah you know like a ninth eighth or ninth level spells i would say are appropriate um i would say i also say like just being like yeah they like maybe if your god is bahamut like they just Bahamut just shows up and uses his his breath weapon on your enemies, <laughs> and then that's it. Mm-hmm. It just does a a boatload of damage, and he's out. <laughs> or maybe it's like yeah. maybe he, he maybe your god heals your your party like basically to full or whatever. It it should be something like very potent. It should feel awesome. Like yeah, because if you like I said, if you if you summon your deity and they like oh yeah they just get to do like uh, 48 damage it's like okay <laughs> this sounds like this sounds like an ability that sounds like a great ability that i had to you know roll a percentile dice <laughs> use my action for and now i can't use it for another seven days it's like yeah so just something to think about yeah i definitely see this as a like a clash of the titans moment Mm-hmm. where it's like middle of war cleric just gets down on their knees and starts imploring their god and then suddenly just like you know yeah bahamu just comes crashing down onto the landscape and you know just mass destruction for a couple seconds and then my like soars away again absolutely like yeah uh if you're playing a cleric talk to your dm a little bit about this just make sure they understand that you want this to be awesome yeah. Well, all right. Let's um move on to our our uh, divine domains. Uh, which which what what one do we have first? Uh, first we have the knowledge domain. Knowledge. I love knowledge. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh. So yeah. Uh. Basically, your knowledge domain. Your you know, these clerics kind of value a sense of learning stuff like that. You want to. It kind of has a more wizardly spin on the cleric. You're all about like keeping lore and stuff like that. Um, your knowledge mm-hmm. domain spells are going to be at uh, your first level spells are going to be command and identify. 
Uh, third level is going to be augury and su suggestion. Uh, fifth level is going to be non-detection and speak with dead. Seventh level is going to be arcane eye and confusion. Ninth level is going to be legend lore and scrying. So a lot of so your spells are going to be basically stuff that's going to either help you kind of stay out of the way, like um, and uh, and like a lot of battlefield control and like stuff that will prevent you from being learned about. Um, and a lot of stuff that's going to help you gain information about the world. Mm -hmm. What is our other first, first level ability, though? At first level, uh, you get the Blessings of Knowledge. You learn two spell, you learn two languages of your choice. You also become proficient in uh, your choice in two of the following skills. Arcana, History, Nature, or Religion. And your proficiency bonus is doubled for any skill check you make with either of those skills. So basically, you just sort of gain expertise in arcana, history, nature, or religion. Yeah, which is going to be great. You're, you're going to want to just, as a cl cleric, you're going to want to know all of the stuff. Like, you should be like the lore master as the knowledge domain cleric. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then... Uh, second level, what's the special knowledge channel divinity? Your channel divinity is going to be uh, knowledge of the ages. Starting at second level, you can use your channel divinity to tap into a well of knowledge. As an action, you choose one skill or tool. For the next 10 minutes, you have proficiency with the chosen skill or tool. So basically, you can just be like, yep, I know how to do that. If, which is, is nice. Like, you know, you can... Mm -hmm. you, I think it will always allow you to participate in whatever activities going on. If it, if it's not not explicitly combat, like if it's like maybe they're trying, everybody's trying to sneak around. It's like okay, I, I've got proficiency in stealth now, or it's like okay, we're gonna try and craft this sword or whatever this magic thing. It's like okay, I've got proficiency in smith's tools. So it allows you. I I like it because it allows you to participate basically wherever your party is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it just like it makes sense. Like mm -hmm. you are, you are a knowledge cleric. Your god is about knowledge. Why wouldn't your one of your abilities be to just like gain knowledge for a couple minutes? Yeah, you just know everything. <laughs> mm hmm. Yep. What? Well, uh, what's next then? Next is our sixth level ability, which is another channel divinity ability. Uh, this one being read thoughts. At sixth level, you can use your channel divinity to read a creature's thoughts, and you can use uh, you can then use your access to the creature's mind to command it. As an action, you can choose one creature that you can see within sixty feet of you. That creature must succeed on a wisdom saving throw. If the creature succeeds on the saving throw, you can't use this feature on it until you finish a long rest. If the creature fails, you can read its mind. We can read its surface thoughts. Uh, the, those foremost in its mind, reflecting its current emotions, what it's currently actively thinking about. When it's within 60 feet of you, this effect lasts for one minute. During that time, you can use your action to end this effect and cast the suggestion spell on the creature without expending a spell slot. The target automatically fails the saving throw against the spell. It's kind of like a souped-up uh, detect thoughts. Yeah. Which makes sense called rethoughts <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's interesting it's very fun very i think you can 
if you're do if you're in the kind of game that it's is not like hyper combat heavy and whatnot, I think you're gonna get a lot of use out of this and you're gonna be able to like what we what we can tell you to do here is not gonna do it justice. I think you're gonna have to use your creativity to uh, mm-hmm. to really uh, exemplify how good this could be. Yeah, I just from this ability, I can see you either being like I can see this being great in a political warfare styled game. Mm, yeah like, where it's either you're trying to collect information from someone or well i guess that's sort of the main use i'm seeing right now of you're able to read someone's thoughts that you're talking to for a minute and then like, as you're nearing the end of that minute you're able to suggest them to say like hey why don't you go get something for me why don't you go get some documents for me or yeah you know absolutely yeah, and what do we get at 8th level? Or do you have more that you want to say on that? No, 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 that's about it. 8th um, uh, level, potent spellcasting. You add your wisdom modifier to any damage you deal with any cleric cantrip. You're going to see this a lot with um, the other cleric domains. You're going to either see potent spellcasting or divine strike, which we'll talk about when when one comes up. Um, but yeah, basically, each domain is getting one or the other at 8th uh, level. It just is buffing their damage output. Um, what do we get? What's our capstone then? Yep, the my knowledge capstone is visions of the past. Starting at seventeenth level, you can call upon visions of the past that relate to any that relate to an object you hold, or my you in your immediate surroundings. You spend at least one minute in meditation and prayer, then receive dreamlike, shadowy glimpses of recent events. You can meditate in this way for a number of minutes, equal to your wisdom score, and. Uh, must maintain concentration during that time, as if it was casting a spell. Uh, once you use this feature, you can't use it again until you finish a short or long rest, uh, and you get two main features of it. Object reading. Uh, holding an object as you meditate, you can see visions of the object's previous owner. After meditating for one minute, you learn how the owner acquired and lost the object, as well as the most recent significant event involving the object and that owner. If the object was owned by another creature in the recent past, within a number of days equal to your wisdom score, you can spend one additional minute for each owner to learn the same information about the, that creature. Uh, I guess to talk a little bit about that bit for a little bit. Uh, I really like this. It's like, uh, again, I can see this being a political intrigue styled use where it's like, well, I need to know who has gotten hold of this, like of these documents. How many people have read them? Uh, is this information compromised? Yeah, this is a very. Um, I see it almost as like a Sherlock Holmes type ability. Uh, yeah. I also kind of, I also am kind of seeing it. It's very. It gives me kind of vibes for if anybody's ever played um, like anything powered by the apocalypse systems, um, where which. If you haven't, no big, but um, they're very, they're very fun. I, I haven't played them, but I've read about them and whatnot. Um, but it's like where a lot of your moves and stuff in that game is just like, yeah, what I need to, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna ask the GM a question and they're gonna answer it for me. Um, and just it's gonna be like, and the questions are very similar to what you're getting from this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then do you want to talk about the other seventeenth uh, level ability as part of visions of the past? Uh, the area reading. 
Yeah. As you meditate, you see visions of reaching the events in your immediate vicinity, a room, a street, a tunnel, a clearing, uh, or the like, up to a 50-foot cube. Um, going back a number of days equal to your wisdom score, which probably will be pretty good. Um, for each minute you meditate, you learn about, about one significant event, beginning with the most re recent. Significant events typically involve powerful emotions, such as battles, betrayals, marriages, murders, births, and funerals. Um, uh, battles and betrayals, marriages, murders, births, funerals. Oh, I see all what they did there. Um, uh, however, they might also include more mundane events that are uh, nevertheless important in your current situation. So this is very up to the DM. Also, kind of goes with the similar thing that we just said, like the Sherlock Holmes type thing. Um, mm -hmm. uh, very, very DM dependent for sure. Like. Like, uh, but I think it can be cool. It's like, okay, I think this is where, like, a, a meeting between, like, the bad guys went down. And I'm gonna read the area and. Uh, mm -hmm. So, very. I again, it's one of those abilities. Like, I don't think we're gonna. Be, I'm gonna be able to do it justice just by talking about it. Like, what you can do, you're gonna have to. It's gonna be unique to each each game. And whatnot, and it's going to be mm -hmm. unique to how each player, depending on how how they uh, use this. So, yeah. yeah, fun ability though. Uh, I guess overall thoughts on the knowledge domain cleric. Uh, it's very much it's the wizardy cleric of the bunch. Uh, its abilities are pretty cool, but I can't see them all being very. I can't see all of them being useful in most campaigns, since you know most campaigns aren't the political intrigue. They aren't the go rooting out certain things a lot of them are just sort of beat and bash the beat and bash mm -hmm. but i could still see my a knowledge cleric's place in there oh yeah no they're definitely like definitely would be fun uh i don't know i don't think it's for everybody though that's that's really it mm -hmm. yeah all right uh, and next we have the most stereotypical cleric of them all the life domain cleric the life domain what are you about? Yep. Well, you're about healing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep, you are all about healing. And to get into that, uh, your life domain spells. At level 1, you get Bless and Cure Wounds. At 3rd level, you get Lesser Restoration and Spiritual Weapon. 5th level, Beacon of Hope and Revivify. 7th level, Death Ward and Guardian of Faith. And ninth level, Mass Cure Wounds and Raise Dead. Nine. All really good spells. They all are one thing that might um, turn somebody off is the fact that they are all like other cleric spells. Like these are all from the spirit cleric spell list. Well, like other subclasses are getting stuff from other spell lists. So mm -hmm. it's very much like if you wanted a little more cleric with your cleric, this is for you. Yeah. But they're all, I mean, they're not bad by any means. Oh no, they're all, they're probably some of the like some of the best cleric spells. Yeah. No, oh, like can't. It's this is a subclass where it's like it's it, like jumping a little ahead of the gun, but um, it, it might feel it's very generic and stuff like that. But it it is still a solid choice and still going to be a very powerful choice uh, for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
right away at first level you're going to get bonus proficiency you're going to get proficiency with heavy armor so you can use that chain mail that you might get with your kit um mm -hmm. you also get disciple of life which is your other first level ability uh why don't you tell me what that does yeah it's my at first level your healing spells are more effective whenever you use a spell of first level or higher to restore hit points to a creature the creature regains additional hit points equal to two plus the spell's level. So nice. Yeah, you, you're gonna be you're gonna be doing some good healing. You're gonna be freaking. This stacks up so quickly, um, so to the mm -hmm. point where you're just gonna be healing absurd numbers. It really is just. This is the one cleric where it's like, yeah, you're probably gonna be healing a lot of the time instead of. And you'll, yeah. if you really just want to be the heal bot, which I don't know why, but, you know, maybe that's the kind of play style you're in for, um, this is definitely for you. Yeah, my, this is definitely probably the only cleric and probably the only, like, the only specific class in general where it might be more effective for you to heal than it is to put out damage. Yeah, and especially, like, when you get to their higher level abilities where it's just like it gets absurd <laughs> like the amount of mm -hmm. healing you could put out yeah speaking of higher level abilities what do we get at level two at level two you get your channel divinity preserve life as an action you present your holy symbol and evoke healing energy that restores the number of hit points equal to your five times your cleric level um choose any creatures within 30 feet of you and divide those hit points among them. Um, this creature can restore no matter no more than max uh, half its max hit point max. All right. Um, you you can't use this feature on an undead or a construct. Basically, you get like you basically getting up everybody to half because uh, being able to just pull five times your cleric level is going to be a pretty decent amount of hit points, uh, and being able to mm -hmm. just. Uh, it will be, and because you can just divide it up however you want, um, it will be definitely a good way. To, it's a good way to pick somebody back up. Cause you're like, all right, I need you to get you to half, and then if I have some left over, I can put it to you because you're a little weak right now, and whatnot. You're you're below half and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. This is a, another solid ability. So a really uh, good channel divinity. Probably gonna use it a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's probably one of the better channel divinities just because like five times your cleric level is great. And this, I see this as a, like there are trade-offs obviously, but I see this as a better paladin lay on hands because it's at range. It's like any creature within 30 feet of you. Yeah. Like you're able to just say, okay, we need a party. Pick me up now. Yeah. It, it's a good, like, it'll get you out of sticky situations, for sure. Mm -hmm. And it only gets better as you level up, because it is multiplying by your cleric level. Mm -hmm. Which it means to probably get exponentially better. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, uh, moving on from that, we have the 6th level ability, Blessed Healer. Uh, the healing spells you cast on others heal you as well. When you cast a spell of first level or higher that restores hit points to a creature other than you, you regain hit points equal to two plus the spell's level. Basically, it's like your allies are never dying. Now you're never dying. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
I can see this being amazing to use in conjunction with Warding Bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because it's like, great, you need health, I need health. I'm just going to heal you and fix myself up a little bit as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it, again, it's it's obviously clearly ripped. But it's pretty much just an upgrade to your Disciple of Life feature. Um, but yeah, just being able to, like, you're, you're really not having to worry too much about healing yourself because you're, like, using your spell slots to heal yourself because every time you heal somebody else, you're giving yourself hit points. So it's definitely, yeah. definitely going to be uh, another solid ability. Not a whole lot to, to say about it, though. Mm. Um, at 8th level, you're getting your Divine Strike, which is uh, the flip side to Potent Cantrip. Uh, at eighth level, you gain your ability to fuse your weapon strikes with divine energy. Once on your on your turns, when you hit a creature with weapon attack, you can cause the attack to deal one d radiant damage to the target. When you reach fourteenth level, the damage increases to two d eight. So basically, you get a little when you hit stuff with your hammer or whatever, um, you get it packs a little more punch. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Kind of yeah. supports the fact that you're. Uh, the Divine Strike and Potent Cantrip, along with like your bonus proficiencies, are going to kind of, you'll see it's like, okay, this this means I probably want to play this Cleric as more of a, a, a up-front, com, like, in the mix, rather than hanging out in the back, which kind of Potent, mm-hmm. potent Cantrip kind of suggests that you probably want to be hanging out in the back. But you can, you don't necessarily have to follow that, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what did we get? It's nice. What's, actually, what's kind of what's kind of oh. nice about that is, my, it says when you hit a creature with a weapon attack, that does not necessarily mean you have to hit them with a melee weapon attack. So you could be standing back and shooting people with your crossbow. Oh yeah, I guess that's that is true. Um, although with your with your proficiency in heavy oh. armor and stuff like that, you're probably mm-hmm. not going to be very. <laughs> I don't I don't see very many dexterous clerics out there. Uh, yeah. But, but just something that I thought I would mention. You could throw, you could like throw stuff at them. Yeah, throw javelins. Be a spear wielder. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, I like, uh, I like throwing hand axes. I think that'd be like cool, like a dwarf cleric just throwing like hand axes. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. But anyways, my the capstone for the life cleric is supreme healing. My. At 17th level, when you would normally roll one or more dice to restore hit points with the spell, you instead use the highest number possible for each dice. For example, instead of rolling restoring 2d6 uh, points for a creature, you just restore 12. So basically, your healing is brought to the max. Which is, again, kind of theme for the subclass. Simple, straightforward, but highly effective. Highly potent, highly mm-hmm. effective. Um, yeah. And yeah, like that's like cure wounds. Like a third level cure wounds is what three times this is twenty four, plus your wisdom modifier, plus the plus the five you're getting from disciple of life. So you're getting, um. So like, and I'm gonna do the math quick. My calculator here. Do because I can't yeah. do mental math. Twenty four plus four eight all twenty eight. Like that's already thirty three hit points healed from one third level spell. Yeah. It's like, ooh, that's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> Basically, and you're... like, uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, life domain is a solid choice. 
I don't know if I'd play one. It's very, I, I don't know. I feel like it's boring. It's kind of bland. You have to, you have to really, you have to bring something else to it by yourself, like to make it, yeah. to make it interesting. Like you have to like have a mm-hmm. come with a good char- character concept. Um, because yeah, otherwise yeah. you're just like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just a guy who heals. Great. Like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's certainly I, powerful. Yeah, I agree. It's like you could probably play a life domain cleric anywhere since let's be honest every party's gonna need a healer they're gonna need at least one person who can provide some good healing yeah although I, I at see the it... same at the same time it's like yeah like if healing's all you're gonna be doing i honestly do not i would not want to play the life cleric yeah it's i don't very good at what it does yeah it's very but... good at what it does I don't know. I don't really that see. That doesn't mean that people want to do what it does. Yeah, I don't really see the dedicated healer as necessarily a uh, a, a, a archetype that is really 100% useful. I find it way better to play somebody who can heal, but also has this, mm-hmm. this, and this that they can do. Which the the life cleric still has access to the entire cleric spell list. Um, mm-hmm. But their all their abilities clearly are pointing it towards being a dedicated healer. It's just like, well, I could play I could play this kind of cleric, get all this cool like damaging stuff and whatnot. And I can also mm-hmm. I can still clear heal. I can still cast those big heal spells and whatnot. And I can you know those buff spells, all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's personal preference. I probably wouldn't I probably wouldn't be interested in playing one. That's just me, though. Agreed. I, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Uh, moving on to my a cleric that we're both kind of familiar with, the Light Domain Cleric. Light. Light shine upon you. <laughs> yes. Uh, what kind of what kind of light spells are we getting? You're getting Burning Hands, Fairy Fire, Flaming Sphere, Scorching Ray, Daylight, Fireball, uh, Guardian of Fate. Wait, Fireball? <laughs> yes. Um... Guardian of Faith, Wall of Fire, Flame Strike, and Scrying. Um, uh, basically, you're getting a lot of a lot of solid blaster spells, just like to mm-hmm. just stuff to annihilate the battlefield, which I really I really enjoy. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Bas- I see this as the cleric that has been like, you are the war machine sponsored by a fire god. Yeah. Um, I also really like uh, they put like scrying on there. I think it's I think it's a really interesting fit. Um, it's mm-hmm. like rather than like it's not like illuminating anybody, but it's like oh yeah, I can just I, I, I can see secrets to light. But yeah, it's... I can see everything because every everything basks in my light. Like everything everything mm-hmm. must bask in my light, so I can see anything that is in the light or whatever. I don't know. Um, yeah. But absolutely all of these I see as very fitting spells. Yeah. And very good like there are, there are no bad picks here, I would say. Mm-hmm. Flaming Sphere, yeah. people have people have issues with Flaming Sphere, I know, but I mean you could still make use it of it. It has that. its uses. Yeah, it has its uses. Always. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, another thing that you get at level one is when you choose this domain, you gain the light cantrip if you don't already know it. So, there you go. Free cantrip. Well, yeah, which makes sense. Like, you 
course, never will not know light. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're going to be able to bring light everywhere. Bam, light, bam, light. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep, then another first level ability that you're getting is Warding Flare. Uh, you can impose divine light between yourself and an attacking enemy. Uh, when you are attacked by a creature within 30 feet of you that you can see, you can use your reaction to impose disadvantage on the attack roll, causing light to flare before the attacker, before the before it hits or misses. Uh, an attacker can't be blind. An attacker that can't be blinded is immune to this feature. Uh, you can use this feature a number of times, equal to your wisdom modifier, minimum of one. You regain its. You regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. So basically, you get some flashbangs. Yeah. Gonna, I mean, you're probably not going to be. I don't see this clerics being very beefy, um, but you, you know, you can. Um, so I think this just giving yourself a little more survivability. I never, I never mm -hmm. don't want something that's going to help me live. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I, there's not too much more I can say about it. Uh, yeah, channel divinity, radiance of the dawn. That's what you can say about it. Yeah, what do we get? Tell me about it. <laughs> uh, starting at second level, you can use your channel divinity to harness sunlight, banishing darkness, and dealing radiant damage to your foes. Um, as an action, you present your holy symbol, and any magical darkness within 30 feet of you is dispelled. Um, additionally, each hostile creature within 30 feet of you must make a constitution saving throw. A creature that takes the radiant damage equal to 2d10 plus your cleric uh, level on your um, save failed saving throw uh, and half as much damage on a successful one. A creature that has total cover is, from you is not affected. Um, basically, you kind of <laughs> basically turn into a nuke. <laughs> it just whoop, you go supernova for a little bit. <laughs> and um, mm -hmm. uh, this is fun. Like, yeah, <laughs> just you have to get you have to get in close, uh, which well, no, give or take. Like, I think this is a good like if you're getting swarmed by something that isn't undead. Um, mm -hmm. probably should just, just turn on dead. Um, but if you know, like you're getting swarmed by like goblins or something, and you just um, bring you know, two d ten plus your cleric level is gonna do. At lower levels, it will it will murder uh, mobs of enemies. At higher levels, it's still gonna do a good chunk. Mhm. Mm yeah, especially since it it's not just a saver suck. It's like. If you succeed, like if enemies succeed, they still take some damage. And I definitely, like, I see this again as another Gandalf the Dawn will take you all moment. Of <laughs> yes. Blinding light, you become a Roman candle for a round. Yes. Very, very fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At what do we get? At 6th level, you get improved flare. Starting at 6th level, you can also use your warding flare feature uh, when a creature that you see within 30 feet of you attacks another creature, well, attacks a creature other than you. So now your flashbangs are good for friends. Yeah, they actually get a label that says good for friends, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, Eighth level? I think this is, like, oh, this sorry. is well needed. Yeah, improved flair, well needed, makes sense. Simple, to the point. Yeah. You want to help your, your cleric, you're all about... Um, even though this cleric is about a lot about um, doing damage and bring the light, you're you're still a, a you're still a support class. So bringing this in 
uh, feels mm-hmm. right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, potent yeah, spellcasting. You get yep. potent spellcasting. Wisdom modifier to your uh, any cantrip. Um, mm-hmm. What do we get? What is our 17th level ability? Tell me. Our capstone. Let me bask in the light. The Corona of Light. What? Uh, starting at 17th level, you can use your action to achieve, uh, to activate an aura of sunlight that lasts for one minute or until you dismiss it using another action. You emit a bright light in a 60-foot radius and a dim light within a 30-foot radius beyond that. Your enemies in the bright light have disadvantage on saving throws against any spell that deals fire or radiant damage. So so your fireballs and your um, yeah. flame strike <laughs> and all the stuff that you don't want to get hit be, with. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have a much easier time to hit. Yep, which is going to be fantastic for you. Uh, mm-hmm. And also just to beat... Another, abil- another ability that makes you just glow is very fun for this yeah. cleric. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you just become the sun for a minute. Yeah. That's actually this whole cleric's MO is they just like turn it to a glow stick <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess overall thoughts on a light domain cleric. Like, we had it, We played with a light domain cleric once, and it was so much fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, my sister being able to cast fireballs in all these, <laughs> all these uh, small rooms that probably shouldn't have been cast fireball in, very it was very fun, um, and all these like, I don't know, the the thematicness of just being the light is something you can play around with and is is always going to be interesting. I I think, um, yeah, you don't have to you don't have to do a lot of work to be like yeah I'm just gonna this dude who's all about the light <laughs> and you could even do like something that's like a little more evil kind of deal like you'd be like oh yeah i'm gonna i have to be bright enough to like you know i have to burn all these people away because they're heretics or whatever i don't know mm-hmm. yeah light domain cleric a lot of fun definitely one that i would look to playing in the future mm-hmm. absolutely um, right. My... Next, I believe, is the nature domain, question mark. Yep, next we have one of my favorites that I'm currently playing through, nature domain cleric. You're a druid cleric. Uh, yep, you are a druid cleric. Gabe, what kind of spells are we getting right off the bat? You get animal friendship, speak with animals, bark skin, spike growth, plant growth, wind wall, dominate beast, grasping vine, insect plague, and tree stride. So a lot of druid spells. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of, kind of a, kind of self-explanatory. You're getting a lot of druid stuff. You're about nature. Um, and also at first level, you're gonna get acolyte of nature. You learn one druid cantrip of your choice. You also gain proficiency in one of the following skills of your choice: animal handling, nature, or survival. So, mm-hmm. getting even more druidy. Yep, you're gonna feel like a druid through this <laughs> there's i don't know how many times you're gonna say that but you know it's very obvious yeah i think well let's just uh, talk about it like into depth um before so we don't have to talk about it later basically you're getting all the the power of the cleric all the godly might of the cleric with 
some of the um the nature theme like sprinkles of sprinkles of mother nature yeah the with some of the nature theme of druid and whatnot um it it provides for something that the the thing is that i kind of like go like oh like why didn't you just play a druid but i definitely see that sort of that niche definitely exists and i've seen it played out before and it works well mm -hmm. so. yeah and then yeah. one of the one of the at least druidic things that this class gets is the bonus proficiency with heavy armor kind of a weird one i think for this class but i'm not going to complain yeah gotta love that heavy armor mm-hmm all right uh, second level channel divinity you get charm animals and plants you can use your channel divinity to charm animals and plants uh, as an action you prevent you present your holy symbol and invoke the name of your deity each beast or plant creature that you see within 30 feet of you must make a wisdom saving throw if the creature fails the saving throw it is charmed by you for one minute or until it takes damage uh, when it's charmed by you it's friendly to you and other creatures you designate yeah it's fairly simple i don't see it coming into play all that often yeah but you know it's, it's there it's very similar to turn undead in that sense yeah we'll um, six level dampen elements uh when you are a creature at six level or at or within 30 feet of you takes acid cold fire lightning or thunder thunder damage you can use a reaction to grant resistance to the creature um against their instance of the damage so basically use a reaction to half the damage of you know one of the elemental damages yeah. uh, i won't complain. i like this so much yeah no yeah absolutely just kind of free absorb elements basically um mm -hmm. you can do it and because it's not tied to any like uses or anything like that it's like you get to do that every turn basically mm -hmm. it's taking up your reaction but Likely, what else you're... are you going to use your reaction for? Yeah, I mean, other than maybe you're in a place to make an opportunity attack, but you'll know. <laughs> uh, I would say reducing the damage is probably going to be more useful than doing uh, doing mm -hmm. an opportunity attack, anyways. So, I don't know. Yeah, you can. Fi you all are smart. You can probably figure it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... Eighth level divine well divine strike it's divine strike, right? My, wait, this one's actually a little different. My, once on each of your turns, when you hit a creature with a weapon attack, you can cause the the attack to deal damage equal to one d my, to deal extra one d eight cold, fire, or lightning damage of your choice to the target, uh, and two d eight at fourteenth level. So it's not just radiant; you get to choose. Yeah, they all. I should have said that before. It's like the divine strikes. They usually their damage type usually varies between like what um, domain it is. Like I know like the tempest domain gets lightning damage rather than radiant damage. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, no, definitely uh, being able to choose is something I didn't know about, and that's very fun. You know, like uh, tempest domain is actually thunder. Yeah. Um, master of yeah, nature. Anyways. Yes, tell me about Master of Nature. You gain the ability to command animals and plant creatures when creatures are, while creatures are charmed by your charm, animals and plants feature. Uh, you can take a bonus action to, on your turn to verbally command what each of those creatures will do on its next turn. So basically, 
you can just if you're in a forest area and stuff like that you just use this channel your channel divinity and you can just start <laughs> you basically have an army wherever you go if as long as there's if they throw like a bunch of bears at you it's like okay i'm gonna turn this into my own army <laughs> so mm -hmm. yeah so. that's that's fun i i I look forward to when you get that. That'll be very. That'll be very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really. Like, it's. I think it's all right. It's definitely not the best cleric, but it's still a fun one, and I'm glad yeah. that I picked it. Yeah. And next we have Tempest Domain Cleric. You get to play Thor. 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 I want to play Thor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And our Tempest Domain spells consist of Fog Cloud, Thunder Wave, Gust of Wind, Shatter, Call Lightning, Sleet Storm, Control Water, Ice Storm, Destructive Wave, and Insect Plague. Yes. All stuff that are, you know, it's the name of the game. It's all about storms, man. It's all about Tempest. Which mm -hmm. is what you want. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, I, you know, I feel like these spells are very fitting obviously they're all pretty good spells oh yeah no uh, they're all gonna be great spells especially when we get um especially when you look at the the wrath of the storm feature which we'll get to in just a second mm -hmm. uh, right what after else are we getting at level one well we get bonus proficiencies you get proficiency with martial weapons and heavy armor so you, you can pick up that you can pick up that the war hammer <laughs> and put on your plate mail mm -hmm. And, and you know, get your blonde locks going, and, and then eventually cast fly, <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh, get, a fa get a hammer of flight, and uh, yeah, you lose your hammer, get it turned into an axe, go try and kill a purple, some purple giant oompa loompa dude, and uh. And then he gets mad because you didn't you didn't go for his head. It's whack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyways, uh, first level aside from your bonus proficiencies, you get Wrath of the Storm. Uh, you can thunderously rebuke attackers when a creature within five feet of you that you can see hits you with an attack. You can use your reaction to cause the creature to make a dexterity saving throw. The creature takes two d8 lightning or thunder damage, your choice on a failed saving throw, and half as much on a successful save. Uh, you can use this feature equal to a number of times... You can use this feature a number of times equal to your wisdom modifier minimum of one. You regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. Nice. I'd love, I'd yeah. love any ability that's like, you hit me, I hit you. I hit you. <laughs> yeah. Super nice, because it's a level one ability. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, being able to use it... Um, multiple times too, not being a t having it tied to your channel divinity is going to be very nice. Yep. And speaking of the channel divinity, what is that? Your channel divinity is destructive wrath. Um, when you uh, one of the, one of the more favorites of the channel divinities. Uh, starting at second level, when you use your channel divinity, or you can use your channel divinity to, to wield the power of the storm with unchecked ferocity. Interesting. Uh, when you roll lightning or thunder damage, you use your channel divinity to deal maximum damage instead of rolling so basically when you cast that uh what's the one of their big big boy spells that do like destructive wave um you deal 5d6 thunder um thunder damage 
you can just say, no, nah, I'm actually just going to do 30 instead of rolling. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, you'll find all the time that this is going to just annihilate guys because you're doing so much stupid amounts of damage. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I... so. In our first campaign, I played a my ranger, like a Horizon Walker ranger, multi-classing in with a my Tempest cleric, and at one of our last one shots for that campaign, my I finally got to do my like my dream tactic that I'd been wanting to do, which was upcasting to a level four lightning arrow, rolling a crit on it, and then just saying no, I'm just gonna use destructive wrath and just say yeah i i deal 80 lightning damage right now <laughs> yeah and because it is it's not just like like you deal max damage on all this stuff it's like when you choose to roll you deal max damage mm-hmm. which means you can basically decide after all the effects of any of the attacks have happened so like if you're casting a spell that requires a save you can wait until they fail their save to maximize it mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> you can wait you can wait for optimum destruction Yes. Uh, your sick level ability is also very fun. Um, why yes. don't you tell us about it? You get, you get Thunderbolt Strike. At six level, you deal lightning damage. Uh, when you deal lightning damage to a large creature or smaller, uh, you can also push it up to ten feet away from you. So, get really get those powerful hits in against my, against your Hulk as you're fighting the Ragnarok Pit. Yeah, being able to just uh, use light, use your lightning stuff to push people around is uh, push them off the cliff. Moving even ten feet, ten feet at night might not seem like a lot, but as a round by round thing, it will it adds up really quickly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so yeah. Like even if you just attack and then run back up in their face. You can slowly control the battle to be where you want it to be. Yes. Um. Yeah. And you get an eighth level. You get divine strike. Um. You, this divine strike is same as the others, but it deals thunder damage. Um. Which yep. obviously I think it's intentional that it deals thunder and not lightning because of the sixth level thunderbolt strike ability. <laughs> so you can't just, mm-hmm. you know, pop and just move people around. Although. I think that would have, I would have liked that because I think that's like a very Thor thing to do is just wha- yeah. smack people then, with his hammer and just like they go flying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by six ish. Well, I guess once you get to around six to eighth level, I feel like that's really when you can start like purposefully seeking certain magic items. So, which can be a lot of fun for adventures. So, like, hey, I want to, I want to best maximize this ability. Hey, DM, I want to do some research on where I can find. Like a hammer of lightning bolts or something mm-hmm. of lightning. It's like, oh, great. Uh, here's a new adventure for you to go on. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But Divine Strike, what? fairly simple, just like the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, to the capstone ability of the Tempest Cleric, the Stormborn. You have a, at 17th level, you have a flying speed equal to your current walking speed whenever you are not. Uh, so whenever you are not underground or indoors. This is good because you know, you're probably not... I don't think clerics get access to fly. Um, so you're 
you know, that's nice to have so a way of flying. Although you're probably seventeenth mm -hmm. level, it's like one of those things like you probably had another way to access flying before. Um, but I don't, I don't mind this because I think because Tempest Cleric is very bottom heavy, so mm -hmm. so I don't mind it that being like that. Um, you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's yeah, there. Plus, it's nice. Like, um, fly, flying speed is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you could still feel like Thor. So I guess overall thoughts on Tempest Cleric. Uh, I really want to. Wanna... Play, you get to play Thor. Yeah, I really want to do this because I, I just want to. There's a lot of really like interesting sub, um, like uh, multi-class things you can do with this because clerics don't necessarily get a whole lot of lightning and thunder damage options other than your you know your temp your domain spell is just probably going to be your main source of those kind of things. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, I, I think it's I think it'd be really fun to pl go like all, just straight through and doing tempest cleric. I think it'd be really fun. Yeah. Uh, definitely a lot of fun. Definitely, I see it as a front-loaded, like a front-loaded archetype. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. Like, no, still, re still really good. All right, I'm uh, moving on from the Tempest to the Trickster, my trickery domain. Um, as our trickery domain spells, we get Charm Person, Disguise Self, Mirror Image, Pass Without, Pass Without Trace, Blink. Dispel Magic, Dimension Door, Polymorph, uh, Dominate Person, and Modify Memory. The spell list is freaking amazing. <laughs> that absolutely screams trickster to me. Yeah, no, like, and, I mean, that aside, like, yes, they definitely scream trickster and stuff like that. I would a lot of these are just, like, like top-tier arcane spells and mm. for their levels. Yeah, this is freaking nuts. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be having a lot of fun with this cleric. Like, <laughs> I can already feel it. Yep. Um, so what are what are we getting at first level? Blessing of the Trickster. But you choose this domain at first level? You, uh, you, uh, at first level you, get your, you can use your action to touch a willing creature other than yourself and give it an on, on dexterity stealth checks. This blessing lasts for, lasts for one hour or until you use this feature again. Basically, I see this. You can neutralize that person who's wearing heavy armor. Um, just kind of help them help them sneak with the group stealth check. It's kind of the way I, mm -hmm. I, I really see it. Yeah. Uh, fairly simple, straightforward, and to the point. Mm -hmm. This one, less so. <laughs> Which, yep. why don't you uh, tell us about channel it? Channel Divinity. Level 2, Channel Divinity. Invoke Duplicity. Uh, starting at level 2, you can use your channel divinity to create an illusory duplicate of yourself. As an action, you can create a perfect illusion of yourself that lasts for one minute, or until you lose concentration, as if it were a concentrating on a spell. The illusion appears in unoccupied space that you can see within 30 feet of you. As a bonus action, on your turn, you can move the illusion up to 30 feet uh, to a space you can see, but it must remain within 120 feet of you. For the duration, you can cast spells as though you were in the illusion space, but you must use your own senses. Additionally, when both you and your illusion are within 5 feet of a creature that can see the illusion, you have advantage on attack rolls against the creature, uh, given how distracting the illusion is to the target. So, 
Um, this is really awesome ability. <laughs> like, there's so many just like little, I don't know, little things you can just you can get up to so much trouble in combat with this, which is what I really like about it. Is you, mm. it allows you to take those tricky things you're able to do outside of combat, regardless, and it lets you do it in combat and whatnot, and just. Yeah, it's like, oh, why wouldn't they go for your your illusion? That's not real because they just that that illusion just touched them and you know cast inflict wounds and like they got very hurt. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I, it's like yeah, they're gonna go for that person. That person hurt them. <laughs> um, yeah. But it definitely kind of brings up a little bit of our conversation about uh, what which we'll probably have more when we get to the illusionist wizard because they're all about illusions. Um, it's like. Uh, DMs educating illusions is can be a big problem in D and D. Is like, it's like, um, because it, it's it can be a point of contention when the DMs is like, yeah, that the guard doesn't like. Oh, they don't care about that illusion. They know it's an illusion. It's like, well, how? Like, can you? Um, mm-hmm. I would say for DMs, I would just be like, can like if you can't handle like that pressure of being able to decide come up with some sort of table to roll on so you um or like check to make for that um for the npc or whatever um Mm -hmm. which i think it it can help when you're um because if you have something to roll on you can like show receipts a little bit and be like yeah this is how they know um and Mm -hmm. and if if they roll for something the players will be much more likely to accept it's like no that guard is that guard just a freaking genius like he's seen stuff or whatever it's like it's like okay, your players will feel like they're being cheated there. Mm-hmm. There are very few cases where I can see a like an NPC just knowing that an illusion is an illusion. Aside from the obvious, they see you put it out there, and they already know that you can do that. Yeah, uh, like if you are facing a very like if you're facing a NPC with a high investigation since investigation is the score like is the skill that you need to determine something's an illusion and their passive just beats it then that would be some cases where i might see a dm just saying yeah they know Mm -hmm. uh, yeah like that's that's very few and far between so like yeah and to determine if something's an illusion, which is actually an important thing to note, uh, for someone to do a perception check to look for someone or to determine if something's an illusion, it's an action to do. Correct. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. I think I think let's kind of table this and we'll talk about it for our wizard episode because I think that's where it really can kind of come up. Um, yeah. A little, little bit here. But yeah, something to think about for that. Absolutely. Yep. So, Gabe, what is our sixth level ability that we get? Um, you can use your channel divinity. You get another channel divinity feature as Cloak of Shadows. As, as an action, uh, when you use your channel divinity, you can become invisible until the end of your next turn. Uh, you become visible if you attack or cast a spell. Um, yeah, I guess this exists. <laughs> yeah, it's something. I mean, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't just use your... I guess if you're out of spell slots... Um, and you do, maybe you didn't prepare invisibility. Like, which do they get invisibility? They might not even um, get. They might not even get invisibility. That's probably probably why. Um, no, they don't. So they don't get invisibility, I guess. Um, 
But so I guess if I don't know, channel I th it wouldn't be a bad feature. Except channel divinity is already like a very like a sparse resource. You only have one. You view to become you. Well, you use this channel divinity. Time, at, at sixth level, you have two now. Yeah, you. Oh, you do. Okay, so you have two uses of this. So. I don't know. I'd, I'd rather just make a duplicate. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would agree. I would probably rather just invoke duplicity and then run in opposite directions and like have the illusion go around a corner and keep and just book it. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. I think it's good. I would. I would say it's good. Uh, it, it's good for sticky situations. I would. You know, like a a last resort. Um, but I, I don't know. Eh. Eh. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, moving on to the 8th level ability, Divine Strike. My, same as every other Divine Strike, except you get poison damage. Yeah. Which is, I think, I, I see online a lot, it's like, it's just like, uh, people don't really like this cleric because it gets poison damage for its Divine Strike. And I don't really get it. It's like, Divine Strike is such a minor ability. <laughs> like, in my eyes, just like, it's not... Like yeah, it does extra damage, um, and po yeah, yes, poison is very commonly either immune or resisted. Um, mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, I don't know if like this is not. I don't see this cleric as being upfront all the time, so I don't think it's a huge deal. It's like yeah, yeah you're like if you're messing with them in other ways. They, yeah, and if they are upfront, I see them being more likely to use stuff like inflict wounds. Mm -hmm. than trying to hit someone with their club or hand axe or other simple weapon. Yeah. So, But, yeah. you know. Alright, uh, and what do we get as our trickery capstone? Um, it's pretty straightforward, um, but it's definitely a solid one. It's improved dupl duplicity. At 17th level, you can create up to four duplicates instead of you uh, of yourself instead of one when you use your invoke duplicity. As a bonus action in your turn, you can move any number of them 30 feet to a maximum of, of 120 feet. Basically, there are four of you on the... F this is so good, because that means there are four uh, in, uh, illusions of you on the field. You can have one next to you to give yourself advantage on attack rolls if you need that, or you can just be casting spells from all angles, and they never... And really make it in the fiction where it's like they should not ever know where the real one of you is. Because there's five different yeah. versions of you on the field. <laughs> yeah, I I love this. It just it's it seems so fun to me. Yeah, and it is it, it's it's such a good capstone, even though it's just an improvement of your channel divinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess overall thoughts on the trickery domain. Um Heck yeah. Like, a plus from Gabe. Mm -hmm. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, personally, I think the spells really bring it together. Oh yeah, the spell. Like I said, the spells are all like top tier arcane spells. Like the mm -hmm. like if I play a wizard, which is my favorite class. If, if I don't know if I've said that on the show before, um, but I really like wizards. <laughs> These are all like things that I. If I'm playing a wizard, I'm like, it, I'm really yes, hard pressed please. not to take these. <laughs> Except excluding some of them, like Pass Without Trace, you can't take that as a wizard, but... Yeah. But, it's like... Yeah. You know, I really think that, like, people give this 
archetype a lot of crap. I like it a lot. It just yeah. it screams fun to me. Yeah, absolutely. Be, being able to just do all of this, it, just cause mayhem everywhere you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And if you've, and I guess we, I'll make the obligatory Critical Role reference. Like if you've watched Critical Role, you know what how potent it can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how ridiculous it can be. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. So yeah. Right. And moving on to the last class of the PHB, well, the last archetype of the PHB, we have the War Domain Cleric. There's Wolf. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, War Domain spells, you get Divine Favor, Shield of Faith, Magic Weapon, Spiritual Weapon, Crusader's Mantle, Spirit Guardians, Freedom of Movement, Stone Skin, Flame Strike, Hold Monster. You're basically going to become part Paladin with this. Like, that's the best way that I can see this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of... I agree. Uh, you're getting all the, a lot of solid... I, I like a lot of these um, these spells because they aren't... They're not a lot of, like, directly, like, combat spells. Like, you get Flame Strike, but that's kind of it. It's a lot of, like... Um, like Crusader's Mantle and stuff like that, where you're just like mm-hmm. you're bringing the heat with you're 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 like traveling with your group of of guys and whatnot, and you're helping them bring the heat and or making them hard mm-hmm. to that like squad, if you will, hard to take down. So yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a good blend of damaging spells and supporting spells. Yeah, absolutely. I would say damaging support spells <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, and Gabe, do you want to talk about our first level features? Yeah. At first level, you're going to get bonus proficiencies. You get proficiency with martial weapons and heavy armor. I would be very, very sad if they didn't get these. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but you're also going to get the feature called War Priest. At, uh, at From first level, your god delivers bolts of inspiration while you are engaged in battle. When you use your the attack action... You can make one uh, weapon attack as a bonus action. Um, you can only use this feature a number of times equal to your wisdom modifier. You gain resu- all expended uses when you finish a long rest. Um, yeah, basically you have uh, a, a subpar uh, extra attack. but So it's like a worse extra attack, but you're getting it from first level. So, you know. Yeah. And Which is better. It's I mean, not... no other clerics are really going to make... That's the thing. is like... Unless you have our dual wielding, no other clerics are um, being able to make two attacks in a turn. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are ways around it, obviously. There always is, but... Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it's nice to have. And plus, first ability based on your wisdom modifier, great. Heck yeah. Um, at second level, we get our channel divinity ability of Guided Strike. Uh, you can use your channel divinity to strike with supernatural accuracy. When you make an attack roll, you can use your channel divinity to gain plus 10 to the uh, bonus to the roll. Uh, you make this choice after you see the roll, but before the DM says whether the attack hits or misses. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Like, if you really need something to get off, like, you know, it's there. Very yeah. simple, I'd say. I would, yeah, absolutely, and you're gonna make sense. It's 
being able to plus 10, because it's not just advantage too, means that you're going to just basically just that land that critical strike, land the the thing that needs to land. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great ability. And it's only improved with uh, yeah, your you channel six. divinity, War God's Blessing, um, uh, which basically is the same thing. Uh, yeah, it's the same thing, except you just use it on your allies instead of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, simple, straightforward, to the point. It, yep, it applies. I think it, it helps with the cleric archetype, because you're, you know... Mm-hmm. It, you're... <laughs> again, you're not just a... You're not just a fighter. You're not just a paladin. You're you're somebody who's there to buff your friends, rather. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what do yeah. we get at eight level? I, if you can guess, yeah, I'll be very surprised. Divine strike. What? Believe it or not, you get divine strike. My, That's crazy. And your weapon attacks. My when you hit a creature with a weapon attack, you can cause the attack to deal extra one d eight damage of the same type of weapon damage. So. Nice. Just yeah. You hit him with a second sword. <laughs> a sword comes mm-hmm. out of the sword. <laughs> yep. Um, Simple, straightforward to the point. What's our capstone? Uh, Avatar of battle. You gain resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage from non-magical weapons. It's all right. Most most creatures have most things you're fighting at 17th level have magical uh, weapons, uh, bludgeoning, piercing, mm-hmm. and slashing weapons. But I'm sure it will. Be, it, it makes sense. It's it kind of makes you feel like you're now the um, boss monster almost. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I kind of wish it had a bit more, but like, you know. Yeah, that's that's all right. Um, mm-hmm. moving on. Let's do uh, the death domain. I think death domain. I want to just do. Let's just do lightning round for death domain because it's it's yeah, good. It, but you know, yeah. it's Death also domain, supposed. It's yeah, it's in the villainous class option. So the DMG, it's not really for players. But if you talk to your DM and they're okay with it, great. We'll probably just talk about the features really quick, not go too in depth with them. Yep. All right. So your clear uh, lightning round starting now. Your decimate spell list is going to be false life, ray of sickness, blindness, deafness, raven, feeblement, animate dead, vampiric touch, blight, death ward, anti life shell, and cloud kill. All stuff relating to you killing your enemies. Bones what do we get? Efficiencies you gain martial weapons. That's it. Uh, nice. And Reaper. Well, Reaper for solo ability. Uh, the cleric learns one necromancy cantrip of his or her choice from any spell list. And when the cleric casts the ne- casts a necromancy cantrip that normally targets only one creature, the spell can instead target two creatures within a range of five feet of each other. So that chill touch now suddenly has a really large hand can poke two people at once. <laughs> Yeah, just just a little, it like pokes them both in the eye. Um, mm-hmm. Channel of Infinity, Touch of Death. Starting at second level, the cha- uh, cleric can use the Channel of Infinity to destroy any other creature's life force by touch. When a creature cleric hits a creature with a melee attack, the cleric can use its uh, use Channel of Infinity to deal extra necrotic damage de- uh, to the target. The damage equals five plus twice his or her cleric level. Just a lot of extra damage. Nice. Yep, a lot of necrotic damage. Sixth level, my in. Uh, I have no idea what that is. Inescapable. Said. Inescapable destruction. Inescapable destruction. I can read, but my PDF is slightly cut off. 
<laughs> Starting at 6th level, the cleric's ability to channel negative energy becomes more potent. Necrotic damage dealt by the character's spell, my cleric spells and channel divinity it, options ignore resistance to necrotic damage. Your necrotic damage now continues to hurt people. Even more, which is uh, only bolstered by the Divine Strike, which is... Drumroll, please. Ba -da -ba -da -ba -da. Necrotic damage. What do we get? At, what's our capstone and, ability? And the capstone is improved Reaper. My, when the cleric cast, when the cleric cast my, a necromancy spell of first through fifth level that targets only one creature, the spell can instead target two creatures within range of five feet of each other. If the spell consumes my, its material component, the cleric must provide them for each target. Which is there interesting because you, you can technically. You can technically revive. You can cast like revivify on two creatures with one spell slot. Interesting. Yeah, so, Thought I'd bring it up. You know, it's yeah. the cleric. The death cleric is guess what? All about death. <laughs> there, it, yep. it makes it makes it. In my opinion, there it's very interesting to play. Probably a little boring though. Like it's like oh yeah, you're just all about killing stuff. I'm like eh, eh. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Very, it's it's there. Anyways, moving to Xanathar's guide. With our two domains in Xanathar's Guide, uh, we have the Forge Domain Cleric, uh, and the Forge spells being my. Uh, where are they? Right here. Identify, Searing Smite, Heat Metal, Magic Weapon, Elemental Weapon, Protection from Energy, Fabricate, Wall of Fire, Anime Objects, and Creation. All very fitting spells. Yeah, stuff you're using to make stuff with. Or improve your weapons mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah. I think um, it's a lot of fun, honestly. Like, yeah. Just... Uh, I see this just this is just straight up the dwarf cleric. This <laughs> is just mm -hmm. uh, yeah. 100%. Um, you get per at first level, you're going to get bonus proficiencies. Um, uh, if you get proficiency with heavy, arm heavy armor and smith's tools, um, you're also going to get blessing of the forge. Uh, at first level, you gain the ability to imbue magic into a weapon's armor, or weapon or armor, and at the end of a long rest, you can uh, touch one non-magical object, object that is a pseudo armor or simple, mar simple or martial weapon. At, until the end of your next long rest, or until you die, the, the object becomes a magical item, granting a bonus of plus one to AC if it's armor, or plus one to attack um, if and damage rolls if it's a weapon. Once you use this feature, you can't use it until you finish a long rest. So basically, you... You always have a plus one item <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. within your party, which is great. Plus one items yeah. are nice. Yeah, especially it's really nice at level one because, like, you might happen to face some stuff that's resistant to non-magical stuff. It does happen every once in a while, but not all too often. But even so, like, first couple levels, this ability is going to be very nice. It's like... Mm -hmm. And it's not just your weapons and armor, it's anyone's weapons and armor you could choose to do this with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, moving into the second level, Channel Divinity, Artisan's Blessing. My, so using, you can use your Channel Divinity to create simple items. You can construct an hour-long... You can conduct an hour-long ritual that crafts a non-magical item that must include some metal a simple or martial weapon, a suit of armor, 10 pieces of ammunition, a set of tools, or or another metal object. See Chapter 5 of Equipment in the Player's Handbook for examples of these items. The creation is completed at the end of the hour, uh, coalescing in an unoccupied space of your choice on the on a surface within 5 feet of you. 
uh, the thing you can create, uh, here, the thing you create can be something that is worth no more than 100 gold pieces. As part of the ritual, you must lay out metal, uh, which can include coins with a value equal to the creation. Uh, the metal, here, the metal irrevertibly coalesces and transforms into the creation at the ritual's end, magically forming uh, even non-metal parts of the creation. Uh, the ritual can create a duplicate of a non-magical item that contains metal, such as a key, uh, if you possess the original during the ritual. Honestly, I think it's a really cool ability. Yeah, you just have a, um, you just can basically create in like armor weapons. You're you're making stuff for your friends. Very fun. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, especially with uh, I kind of wish it wasn't the there wasn't a, a hundred gold piece cap so you could craft your own plate armor. That'd be cool. Um, but you know, you can't have everything. Mm -hmm. Yep. At sixth level, you get soul of the forge. Uh, so starting at sixth level, you gain uh, the ma your mastery of the forge grants you special abilities. You have resistance to fire damage, and while wearing a heavy armor, you grant you gain a plus one bonus to AC. Um, very nice. Very fitting. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that plus one will stack on any magical items you have. Mm. It's kind of like it's almost like having defense fighting style for free. Sweet. Yeah. And believe it or not, guess what? They get an eighth level. <sighs> I can't tell. Is it divine strike? Uh, yeah. Believe it or not, it is. Oh uh, my gosh, it's crazy. Divine strike. You get to deal fire damage because you know you're you're a blacksmith. Yeah. Makes sense. Um. At 17th level, you get Saint of Forge and Fire, which I don't even care what the ability does. That's a awesome name. <laughs> it is. Uh, you gain what outright. Does it do? You gain outright immunity to fire damage. One of the few class features that just gives you outright immunity to a damage uh, damage type. Um, while and while wearing heavy armor, you have resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage from non-magical attacks. But you know, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it's, the... it's literally a better avatar of death, a avatar of battle from War Domain. Yeah, pretty much. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Uh, as long as you have to play wearing... Forge Domain. Uh, I really like this. I th I don't know if it... I've never played it, so I don't know how powerful it actually is. I would say, um, I would be I'd be talking to my DM and like having. I'd like team up with like an artificer or whatever and like be making magical items all the time with mm -hmm. this. Like, yeah, it makes sense. I'm yeah. a forged domain cleric. I'm about making stuff. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so yeah, uh, I would definitely, this seems like fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's a pretty interesting, it's an interesting archetype. I don't know if I would play it, but I don't know, maybe, um, definitely. I agree. This seems like something that would be a lot of fun to have in conjunction with other, with some other classes who are also more interested in crafting your own stuff. Yeah. Uh, whether it be teaming up with the wizard to try to help like magicify, like to help enchant some of your stuff or with the artificer to make more complex things. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Our and last domain. We have the grave domain. Grave domain. Spooky. Yep. Yep, the spooky, spooky grave domain. Uh, grave domain spells that we get, you get Bane, False Life, Gentle Repose, Rave Enfeeblement, Revivify, Vampiric Touch, 
Blight, Death Ward, Anti-Life Shell, and Raise Dead. I see this as almost like they took the, the Death Domain Cleric and they said, alright, we're not gonna go full Edgelord, all about death. Mm-hmm. Tone it down, make it more like, you know, it's like, it's about the line Respecting between... the dead? Yeah, the line between life and death and whatnot and all that interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the line between life and death, at first level you gain the ability to meet, manipulate the line between life and death. Neat! When you normally would roll circle one... Circle of mortality. Yep, with circle of mortality. When you normally roll one or more dice to restore hit points with, with a spell uh, to a creature at zero hit points, uh, you instead use the highest number possible for each die. So basically, you get that the 17th level ability for life clerics at first level, but they have to be, you know, dying for you to use it. <laughs> Unconscious for you to use it. So, yeah, you know, it's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in addition, you learn the spare, to, spare the Dying cantrip, which doesn't count against the number of cleric cantrips you know. And for you, it has a range of 30 feet, and you can cast it as a bonus action, which is makes it, like, really good. <laughs> Yeah. Like making sure your guys do not die. You don't mm-hmm. have to go close to them. You can just bonus action to do it. You can cast a spell as your main action. Great. Mm-hmm. You also, at first yeah. level, you also gain Eyes of the Grave. You gain the ability to occasionally sh- sense the presence of the undead, whose existence is an insult to the natural cycle of life. As you do. Um, uh, as an action, you open your awareness to magically detect undead. Until the end of your next turn, you know the location of any undead within 60 feet of you that isn't behind total cover and that isn't protected from divination magic. The sense doesn't tell you anything about the creature's capabilities or identity. Um, basically, you can kind of get a discount, um, a discount divine sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just sniff the earth. Yeah. Mm, smells like rotting flesh. What? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and you use this feature of number times equals your wisdom modifier. Regain all expended uses and you finish a long rest. Nice. Yeah, simple, fairly straightforward. I I don't know how often you would use it, but like it can be nice. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, second level channel divinity, you get path to the grave. Potentially one of the best my uh, you know potentially one of one of the better channel divinities. Mm-hmm. Um at second level you can use your channel divinity to mark another creature's life force for termination. Uh as an action, you can choose one creature you can see within thirty feet of you, cursing until the end of until the end of your next turn. The next time you or an ally hits, uh, well, hits the cursed creature with an attack, the creature has uh, vulnerability to all of the attack's damage, and then the curse ends. So basically, you can sort of give someone an auto crit against creature with a attack action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's better than a crit because if you, because if you do crit on this, it like if you roll a twenty on this, you roll all the damage and then you double it. So it's whatever mm-hmm. you did. It doesn't. Um, is it specifically? Okay, so it is a specifically an attack. So you, um, so you can, and you can also like, um, you could do some stuff like or like I'm making having them make saves you with like stuff, um, and that's not uh, triggering this curse. But then like the rogue. Walks up, stabs them. They do all their sneak attack damage, and then you double all that, and that will be a nightmare for you. <laughs> so, uh, 
I see this as potentially a DM's bane, but at the same oh, yeah. time, it is just it is a channel divinity, so it is a one-time use at this point. Yeah, and uh, it is, and because it's the first attack too, it's gonna take a little bit. Unless you have like a party of like three people, it's gonna take a bit of coordination to set it up. Mm-hmm. Or holding like holding an action to a certain point to prepare to use it, like yeah, this like is, I said. Like, like I said, yeah. you have to you have to have a certain level of teamwork for it to, to actually be very effective. Because it's like, yeah, that your your eight damage got doubled into sixteen. That's great. Like you, um, but if you if you were a little more coordinated, you could have maximized that more. And being, um, and such a, a direct way to reward a party coordination, I th- I think is really great. Yeah. Anyways, uh, what do we get at 6th level? 6th level, uh, Sentinel at Death's Door. You gain the ability to impede Death's progress. He's not going to like that. Um, as a reaction, when you, you are a creature uh, you see within 30 feet of you, suffers a critical hit, you can r- turn that crit into a normal hit. Um, uh, any effects triggered by the critical hit are cancelled. Uh, you can use this feature number of times equal to your Wisdom modifier. You gain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. Uh, yeah. Being able to neutralize a crit is very good. As somebody who uh, who had adamantine armor, which does basically the same thing, um, but all the time, mm-hmm. it's oh yeah, you're just like when your DM's just like oh I oh no oops I rolled a twenty oh ha 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 <laughs> and uh, and you're like actually it, it, great you you hit me but it it only does normal damage. Watching the light. Mm-hmm drain from their eyes as you know that you trounced them in this moment is a feeling that you will never get used to because it's going to be great every time (laughs) it is a wonderful feeling uh, but definitely super nice ability you don't realize how often you get crit until you have something that says no to it yeah yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. eighth level guess what we get we get potent spellcasting wisdom oh yeah damage added to cantrips there you go. <laughs> Gabe, what is our capstone ability of the Grave Cleric? Keeper of Souls. Starting at 17th level, you can seize the, a trace of vitality from a parting soul and use it to heal the living. Uh, when an enemy you see you can see dies within 60 feet of you, you or one creature of your choice with, that is within 60 feet of you regains hit points equal to the, the uh, enemy's number of hit dice. Uh, you can only use this feature... If, you can use this feature only if you aren't incapacitated... Once you use it, you can't do it until the target. Oh gosh! Until the start of your next turn. Um. Awesome. <laughs> uh, is yeah. it? You don't even have to use your reaction to do it. You just like yeah. Every time somebody dies, I'm getting a little like it's it's one once per turn. But every time someone dies, pretty much you're using it to heal your own party, which is mm-hmm. awesome. It's so cool and so like thematic. I really like it. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. And really good capstone ability too. Very fun. It's like you're able to basically t- kill two birds with one stone. Kill the bird and then take its life essence and heal one of your friends with it. So, oh, I was gonna say I was gonna say kill the bird and heal the stone. <laughs> or, yes, or kill the bird and heal the stone. Um, uh, yeah, it is like it encourages. It really encourages my death domain clerics to also jump into the fray more to you know try to kill everything it also blends really well with the path to the grave because like hey uh 
rogue you want like we happen to be very like we have to be very low on hp right now at least that person is i'm gonna set this up for you if i know you can kill them if we do this right it's like great kill mm-hmm. the big bad here is all those hit dice and hp form for that friend of yours it's like it's yeah great yeah uh, so well, that's our last on the grave domain clerk um I, I think I'd like to play this one. This is very weird and like kind of um, cryptic subclass that I think would be really fun. It's not quite good. It's yeah. not quite bad. Somewhere in the mm-hmm. middle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess thoughts on the cleric in general. Yeah, thoughts on the cleric in general. Um, I feel like some important things to do when you are building a cleric is to. I guess obviously you're a cleric you are like you're worshiping a god of some sort talk to your dm about what kind of pantheon you're using what kind of experience you want to have like in your relation with said god but you could have a paladin like play where you have certain tenets that you have to uphold being a cleric of a certain god you could play a sort of like a zealous follower Mm-hmm. Uh, where you just sort of preach everywhere at everyone um, <laughs> but something i think is like a really interesting thing to do is like if you are a represent like, if you're a cleric if you're a priest of some god why wouldn't you like why wouldn't the god ask you to perform certain acts for them on like on the material yeah. plane i personally so, would wait i probably wait till they get like higher level like after a level 11 when you really start to like show up on their radar yeah but because like that's when you're getting you know um that's when they god will actually answer your calls um mm-hmm. so yeah but definitely like like once they're starting to get on the radar it's like oh i've got this really powerful champion <laughs> mm-hmm. i can use them to do stuff for me like yeah hell yeah <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, cleric i think it's a really interesting class uh it has a lot more going for it than just being the heal buddy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You, clerics are... Like, I don't even think we did it really good justice, because clerics can be... so They're so multifaceted, and so... You can specialize the cleric in anything, and you, uh, anything you want, and they're probably going to be really good at it. <laughs> and... Mm-hmm. Because they have they're the full caster, you can be, make a good warrior class, and like that also can heal themselves and heal their friends it's honestly someone who knows what they're doing when they're playing a cleric will be it will make that character terrifying to any dms because they're like how do i deal with this because <laughs> they're just mm-hmm. so they got so much going for them um, yeah yeah a very very fun class highly recommended um definitely think about all the things orion said like with the with um you know the implications of your cleric in the world uh i would say like if you want to be like somebody who's just sort of like they were chosen by this god they live they live alone or whatever they learned you know all the stuff they needed to by themselves or maybe they were part of a church maybe they're part of a higher organization just stuff to you know food for thought Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah. definitely think about how religion might play like a factor in your world can lead to a lot of really interesting uh confrontations maybe between the party and certain npcs or like different players could see things different like well different characters could see things differently it's like just 
you know, yeah. that whole that that whole thing. Yeah. Yep. I think that's that's about it. I'm surprised we were able to to get this through within a t- like a semi timely manner. I'm saying this at like an hour and fifty minutes or whatever. Um, it's just, yep. but there are so many well, subclasses. I'm I'm so happy that we got through them all. Mm-hmm. Well, Gabe, I believe I have a dice to roll. You do have a dice to roll, and uh, I didn't forget my list this time. Oh, wonderful! Uh, what kind of dice am I rolling this week? You're you're rolling a D8. D8. Um, let me find a D8 quick. Uh, here we are. All right. This week we roll a. That's a six. A six. That is Matthew Mercer's Blood Hunter. So very oh interesting. Which is which is fun because I'm actually well, I'm not playing one. Uh, I'm playing alongside one in our um, in our campaign right now. So I will maybe I'll pick I'll pick our friend's brain and figure out some some stuff they like about it. But but yeah. Yeah. Um, tune in next week for Blood Hunter. Yeah. My, once again, thank you all for listening this week. My, if you like what you heard, then please rate and review us on wherever, whatever podcast site you're listening to us from. Um, and share us with your friends, your fellow nerds. And, yep. Uh, and uh, and stay tuned. I, I'm currently working on some social media stuff, and hopefully, hopefully next time you hear us, uh, I'll have that all set up. And I don't know. I don't know how many of you are listening. <laughs> I, I'm hoping there's millions by now. Um, but, you know, uh, next hopefully next episode I'll have some information to share with you all on our social media. So, yeah. Uh, thank you all for listening, and see you guys next week. Have a good one.